Thanks for joining us for today's message. We're always so encouraged to know that God is using this ministry to touch lives all around the world through what he's doing right here at Meadowbrook. So if that's you and you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please send us an email at godstories at nbcocala.org. Also, if you would like to help support this ministry, you can do so by giving online. Thanks so much for joining us and prepare your heart to hear from God. Let's welcome our internet audience tonight, would you? God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, just a few moments ago, we got word that our Joshua has landed back in the United States. And so we're, we're very glad about that. We'll, we'll show you some pictures in the upcoming um, services and stuff. Just some incredible pictures. He was in Nigeria. Rwanda, Uganda, and, um, and then back now with a group called Bloodwater, and they are uh, an incredible group, and they uh, do HIV clinics in certain portions of Africa where there's nothing like that, and there's an incredible need, an overwhelming need, and then also they drill water wells, and uh, again, a great, great, great need there, so we're just proud how God is using our guy and, um, um, and cracking people up on the other side of the world. Alicia posted a little bit, but uh, it just blesses our hearts. We always say our kids are our best work. So I'm just proud of our kids. Um, uh, good to be back with you on a Wednesday night. Hey, you know what? I recently had this silly dream. I mean, it was just this silly dream that I actually got up and said, hey, we're not going to have Wednesday nights anymore. It's, it's some, I don't I don't know. It's, don't you like it when you wake up and you realize, boy, I'm glad that didn't happen, amen? So, I don't know. And since we've kind of re-upped on that, the Lord has really given us some incredible um, ideas of some things we're going to be doing on Wednesday nights. I think you're going to love it. So we want to develop out a few things. And um, I've been away at school. I had to go twice this month. Normally, I go three times a year. I had to go twice this month. Um, it was either twice in October or twice in June. I gave the choice to my wife. She said, do not mess with vacation. So I went twice in uh, October. And so I was gone a week, and we had the uh, uh, next-gen takeover, which was a powerful service. The next week I was back, and we had uh, Scott Williams with us, and that was a powerful night. And then last week I was gone, and Alicia was in the pulpit, and I, I yeah, thank you, baby, great job. I ordered room service and watched, so it was cool, but um, I said this on Sunday, uh, Alicia and I were talking the other day, we just feel it's important just kind of keep you posted a little bit. I'm in a doctoral program, I'm kind of nearing the end, in that I have two more classes, so I'll go again in February, and I'll go again in June, there's a whole lot of work pre-session, then a very intense week, and then, and then some post-session work. Um, so in June, I'll be done with classes, and then I have a whole year of uh, writing for research and writing for a dissertation, and, and uh, I'm loving it. There are times where I feel like, I just want to watch cartoons <laughs> and eat a popsicle, you know, but um, um, this is what we were talking about. You, I, I want you to know this. The only reason I'm doing this is I feel, le- I know, um, is I feel I've, God has led, God has shown such favor. 
But the reason I'm doing this, the purpose that I'm doing this, is not, I'm not trying to go anywhere else. I don't want to be anything else. Um, it is just to be, be better equipped to serve you better. And um, in the day that we're living, there's some very, very complex issues, and I just think we need to be as, as skilled and equipped in the Word and rightly dividing the Word as possible. So I just want you to know that. So I don't want you to ever think, well, he's getting a degree so he can go somewhere or whatever. I'm, I'm where I'm supposed to be. And so um, just wanted to tell you that, okay? Thank you. Well, let's dive into the Word, and uh, we're continuing on eschatology, which is the study of what? End times, last days. Um, disclaimer right up front, I am not an expert, okay? And um, I get a little leery of anybody who is an expert on anything, but especially on um, eschatology and end times because there's so much that is just not clear. Uh, there's so many things that are hidden that, that would not be revealed. But I think we do well, and it's important that we look at this and learn all that we can and, and form the best perspective that we, that, that we can concerning in times. But, um, and we're going to look at a chart again, and we're going to talk about some things tonight. But this is the main thing I think we need to take away from eschatology and in times is is this it it is not about fear and horrible things and all the disruption and all the things and there will be some things that will take place ultimately what this whole thing is about is is our hope as believers and what Christ will do in the end Amen. what he will do in the end and and you have to push back sometimes and look at the whole big picture instead of just being this close and seeing this event and that event and these things and antichrist and this and you know uh, blood flowing and, you know, just all the things that will happen during tribulation and so forth. Ultimately, you just push back from the whole thing, and it is about our Christian hope and what Christ will do in the end, and he will establish the fullness of his kingdom, and he will be, he alone will be leader and Lord, and, and his glory and his kingdom will reign forever and ever and ever and ever. Amen? Amen. Well, let's close in prayer. Let's look at um, our charts. Do we have the timeline? I didn't pull it. There we go. Good. Let's just hit this real quick so we have a good, quick review. Um, God is eternal, always has been, always will be. Um, ages past, and then we pick up in the book of Genesis with creation. And yes, it was created. And God is so powerful that he created it with words. And so creation, the flood... And these are major events. The first coming, and we mark it with a cross just to signify everything, you know, virgin birth, his sinless life, um, his death on the cross, buried, rose again on the third day, ascended into heaven. Now, when he left, then the day of Pentecost came shortly thereafter. Remember when he ascended, uh, the end of, of the book of Luke, and then Acts, which they kind of connect together, um, he, he said, wait into Jerusalem till you're endued with power from on high till the Holy Spirit comes. And so when he ascended, there's a brief break, Holy Spirit comes. That is the beginning of the church age, also known as the age of grace. Be glad you live in the age of grace. I said, be glad you live in the age of grace. How many of you were ever a teenager? Some of you know. Huh? How many of you were ever a teenager? 
Okay? How many of you as a teenager ever rebelled, talked back, did anything at all like that? Come on, come on, come on. Okay? If we weren't in the age of grace, you'd be dead. Legal for mom and dad to take you out in the, in the neighborhood and throw rocks at you and kill you. For real. How many of you love the age of grace? Okay. And there's more on that. There's coming a time, we're not sure. We're not sure. There's not a sign for this. There's just mention of it. They're not really signs for the rapture, but the rapture is coming. And that's when we as believers will be caught up out of here. I'll show you some other things on this in a moment. While we're up here, I'll show you what happens in just a moment. But once we're gone, a seven-year period will take place. Now, we believe, and we've talked about this in previous weeks, there are different views on this. We, we believe that we, we are pre-trib, so to speak. We believe that the church is out of here because the church is, uh, believers are not appointed unto wrath. Also, and I'll refer to this later on, uh, we have types and shadows throughout the Old Testament. Remember, the Old Testament is uh, the New Testament concealed, and the New Testament is the Old Testament revealed. So you've got types and shadows and things happening in the Old Testament that now we can see in the New Testament. The tabernacle sacrifices on and on. Well, the ark is also one of those, an actual occurrence, but the ark is a type of the rapture, okay? And so when judgment came onto, into the earth, the righteous few went into that ark, were lifted up and above over everything. The earth then is renovated and then comes back down. It's a, a, a beautiful picture of what happens with the church, the rapture, we go up, over, we come back, and this is when there's judgment happening in the earth. At the end of the tribulation period will be the second coming, and I'll separate those out for you, the, the, the rapture and the second coming. We'll separate that out in just a moment. At the end of the second coming, over the next few weeks, as we finish out the year, we're gonna, we, we will be covering these things. You have the millennium or the millennial reign, which is a thousand-year reign of peace, Followed by great white throne judgment, unbelievers and chiefly the devil will be thrown into the lake of fire. There's a renovation of uh, the earth, and we'll get into this later on, but then the new heaven that we'll be in will descend upon a renovated earth. So how many of you like trees and rivers and stuff like that? It's God's style. That's his style, and that's, that's part of what we'll see. And you look in the book of Revelation, you see... All of those things in heaven. And then the ages to come. And there's so much that we don't know. And I'm not an expert, but I told you what I know about this chart. Okay? Now let's go to the next chart real quick. And we see that once the rapture takes place, we talked about this several weeks ago, will be the judgment seat of Christ. And that's where your works and your motivations will be tested. But you yourself, because you're not saved by works. But your works will be tested as if by fire. Uh, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble. You know, if, and it'd be tested by fire. And then only that which is precious and, and truly valuable can make it through the fire. The rest gets burned up. And so out of that, you get reward. Uh, and even if everything got burned up, the scripture is very clear, but you yourself would be saved because it's not by your works. Okay. But our works count. What we do in our motivation does count. Okay. So, and then the marriage supper, no okra, no, please no, uh, and then the second coming and we come back 
with the Lord at this point. Can we go, um, go ahead to the slide that we have prepared with the rapture and second coming? Can we go to that next slide? Here we go. All right, I'm just real quick going to do this, the, the differences between the two. Please know they're separate events. And, and here's where most people get confused about the rapture and the second coming. They, they merge the two. They, they were referring to, they think some things, uh, and we've talked about this in previous weeks, so I only want to take a moment on this. These are two separate events. And when you get that confused, your, your eschatology is going to get all mixed up, and you're going to be thinking some certain things are going to happen here that actually are going to happen here. And so much of what we see in the book of Matthew is, is talking about second coming, not the rapture. Okay, so let's just compare real quick. With the rapture, go ahead. He comes for the saints. Second coming, he comes with the saints. The rapture, Jesus appears in the sky. The second coming, he, second coming, he touches the earth. The rapture, only the saints will see and hear him. The second coming, every eye will see him. Rapture begins a time of judgment. We've got too many on here. Uh, begins a time of judgment. After the second coming, begins a time of peace. The rapture, believers are removed from the earth. And after the second coming, unbelievers are removed from the earth. And so a little comparison, two separate events. Here's our focus. Listen, if you're a believer, here's your focus, is the rapture. We don't know when that is. And you're not to be a, a sky gazer. You're not to be a slackered at work because Jesus is coming. Well, every generation since the cross has believed that he was coming in their time. The design of it, I believe, of the rapture with us not knowing when it is, and they're not really being signs of when it is. They're signs that we know it's closer than it's ever been before. No, duh. Uh, But it's kind of designed that way so that you will live in such a way as if it could happen at any moment. And get this, please. But plan as if... It may be 100 years. Plan responsibly. Well, we're not going to have kids, and we're not going to save money, and we're not going to go to school, and we're not going to do this because Jesus is coming. Yeah, he's coming, but do not do that. And Paul corrected the Thessalonians about that and, and, and the Corinthians, and so we have to be careful. He's coming, but he's coming in an hour that you think not. So he could come at any moment. He could come at any moment. Uh, so live like that, but plan as if it will be like 100 years. Okay, you with me? I want to go into something really interesting. We're not necessarily going to dive into the details of, of eschatology. I just think it's a good time in the middle of our study here to look at something and respond to it. And this is, this is super interesting, kind of out of the middle of all this. Let's look in Matthew chapter um, 24, Matthew 24, verse 37. It says, but as the days of Noah, remember the guy with the boat? As the days of Noah were, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Now, that's speaking ahead, again, connecting something that was with something that will be. And so, as the days of Noah were, so in that time, what was going on in that time, what people were doing in that time, it's going to be similar to that when the rapture comes, okay? And so 
How was it in the days of Noah? We're not going to read all of this now. We'll get into this again um, in weeks to come. But people were building houses. They were eating. They were marrying. They were giving their children in marriage. There was economy. There was commerce. There were things going on. And so life. Life is going on. And so then all of a sudden, it started to rain, folks. So understand this, that uh, right up until the end, because some people think everything has to fall apart and then Jesus will come. No, it's going to come in an hour that you think not. It might be in a really peaceful, you know, prosperous time. You don't know. It's in a time that you think not. So also will the coming of the Son of Man be. Here's where I want to dip down, though. Noah. Everybody say Noah. I want to connect to him here just for a moment. Look with me in Genesis chapter 5. Enoch, everybody say Enoch. Enoch lived 65 years and begot Methuselah. He fathered Methuselah. Now, I'm just going to say this. I don't want to embarrass anybody tonight. But we got 65 years old. He begot Methuselah. He's the man. Just don't say that. Just wait. Verse 22, after he begot Methuselah, Enoch, so that's Methuselah's dad, Enoch walked with God 300 years and had sons and daughters. He's the man. (laughs) Verse 23, so all the days of Enoch were 365 years. Go ahead. And Enoch walked with God, and he was not. The language is a little veiled, but we we see it from some New Testament things and then from what this means. And he was not, for God did what? Took him. He had a personal rapture. Okay? He walked with God, and he had a personal rapture where he was transported, snatched away, and... Scripture implies here it's because he walked with God. So let that speak to us as well. Let's look at several things about Enoch here. First of all, he did not, uh, and I want to back up on this. Methuselah lived to be 969 years old. Okay? Noah lived 500 years. Noah's dad, Lamech, lived 770 years. Um... Who else in there? Enoch, 365 years old. So what's the deal with that? Man was created to live. Okay? Uh, Death came by way of sin. But then in Genesis chapter 6, God's talking about all of this, and we'll, we'll look at several things on this. God said, from now on, the the length of days for man would be 120. So there came a point where God just decreed, you know what, we're going to put an outside range on this of 120. And so now we have people that live sometimes close to that. Uh, Lifespans have increased in, in recent years, and in some places of the world, it's still like 45. You know, and it's because of the lack of quality of life and so forth. So we're very, very blessed. I said, we're very, very blessed. Believe to live long. I said, believe to live long. 
But you don't want to live long if you don't have peace. And if you, and if you don't have God. And if you don't have some of this perspective as well. Let's go back. Enoch, at 65, fathered Methuselah. And then he started to walk with God. So my question is, what happened then he started to walk with God? Well, our first thought might would be this Methuselah must have been a brat. You know, man, I need God. I, I need God. I need help. That's not it. He begot Methuselah. Everybody say Methuselah. And I don't, I don't know this just by looking at this, but by study you can find this. Methuselah means this. It means man of the dart or man of the javelin. A little bit further in the language, because that's just kind of the lift out, the takeaway of that. In the language, it actually carries this idea. This is what his name meant. My name's Timothy. It means honoring God. And Lee, my middle name, means meadow dweller. Okay? So I think that's, I like that. <laughs> Whatever. All right? I like it. Um, that's right. Meadow dweller, meadow, meadow brook. See? Huh? I, I think so. Hey, I stop right now. I'm hungry. All right, Methuselah means man of the dart, man of the javelin. And it, the meaning behind that is this. When he dies, it shall fall. When he dies, it shall fall. Or another commentator said this. He dies and it is sent. So his name meant that when he dies, it shall fall. Or when he dies, it is sent. I believe that this is prophetic of the flood. Still almost a thousand years away, 969 years, Methuselah is named something. I don't believe that, that Enoch, his father, who named him, knew completely what that meant. But I believe that God was involved in his naming. You look, you look through the Old Testament and follow the history and the culture. And, and God was very, names were very important. And God was involved in this, I believe. So Methuselah's grandson is Noah. Okay? Methuselah lived 969 years. His grandson was Noah. Um, I believe, and, and let me back up to this. When Methuselah died, remember, when he dies, it shall come. When he died in Genesis 5 at 969 years of age, it was within months that the flood came. And it's in the next chapter. Genesis 6. It's within, it's within months. And I think that Enoch, somehow God showed him something and he saw something. He saw something that would come. Now, now, now loop this all together. When he was 65, he bore a son and he named him Methuselah. And Methuselah meant that when he dies, it will come. And he didn't know what that was, but he saw something 
And I think that the something that he saw, and he didn't know how long he would live. He didn't, I don't think he knew what that something was, but you know what it did to him? You ready? He walked with God. He decided, you know what? I'm walking with God because there's something coming. There's something coming. And, and let me just say to you, there's something coming. I'm going to walk with God. I'm going to walk with God because I, and, and listen, Enoch, Enoch didn't know what it was and he did, he did not know when it was, but he said, there's something coming. I'm going to walk with God. Everybody say this with me. There's something coming. I don't know what, I don't know when I will walk with God. And that's not to scare you at all. Remember, back up from this. This is all about our hope. This is about our hope. This is about what Christ will do in the end. And I, I just believe this. I think we should have the same response. So whatever's going on in your life, and I don't care how old you are, it's time to walk with God. I said, it's just time to walk with God. Tell your neighbor real quick, walk with God. Tell your other neighbor real quick, walk with God. All right, let's look real quick here. Matthew chapter 24. Doesn't that speak to you? Matthew 24. Jesus answered and said to them, take heed that no one deceives you. Now he's talking about end times here. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ and will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines, pestilences, earthquakes. What was it, 400 and something earthquakes in California yesterday measured? Now, they constantly have tremors and earthquakes, but just yesterday it was notable because they had a couple that were in the two-point uh, four range, you know, it's not major tearing everything up kind of thing, but I'm just saying I'd be moving <laughs> and walking with God. <laughs> Pestilences and earthquakes in various places. Now watch this. All these are the what? The beginning of what? Sorrows. Now look at this word sorrows. It also means this birth pains. Birth pains. Something's coming. How many of y'all have had babies before? I see some guys raising your hand. Come on. I know there's a lot going on out there, but that's not happening yet. Okay? That's not happening. All right. Alicia and I have had five children. I've been there for the delivery of every one of them, the birth of every one of them. I've walked with her through the birth pains. And what happens, they start, and sometimes they start even a month or so before, and all of a sudden we're, we're talking, we're eating, we're something, and all of a sudden, oh. And I go, what, now? Is it right now? Say, no, just shh. And then we're good. It's like, do I need to call somebody? No, no. What do they call it? Braxton, Braxton Hicks whoever he was. 
It, it means something's coming. That's what, that's what it means. So, but then the closer you get, the birth pains get closer and closer. Okay? And then you get to a place where it becomes almost constant. And you're in delivery. And I've been there during delivery. And she never said this, but sometimes I saw it in her eyes. I hate you, never touch me again. <laughs> I'm joking. She's going, that's not true. They get closer and closer and closer. Now look with me in John chapter 16. We're almost done. A woman, when she is in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she has given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish. (sighs) For joy that a human being has been born into the world. There's sorrow. There's pain, birth pains. They get closer and closer together until it's labor. And then there's a birth of something that produces joy. Redemption. Redemption draws near. The fullness of the kingdom comes. The fullness of the kingdom comes. Romans 8 talks about that all creation. Watch this. All creation is groaning. Everybody say groaning. In the Greek, it's laboring. Creation is groaning. It's yearning and groaning for you ready for this? For the revealing of the sons of God. For the revealing of the sons of God. It's actually the appearing of the sons of God led by the Son of God. I believe that is the second coming with him coming back. And then your redemption comes near. So what do we do with all of this? Let's look in 1 John 3 real quick. Beloved, that's us. Now we are children of God, and it has not yet been revealed what we shall be, but we know that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Verse 3, and everyone, say that's me, everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is pure. You know what you start doing when you realize Something's coming, and I don't know when, and it'll all work out. I'm going to walk with God. If you have this hope in you, this blessed hope, you purify yourself just as he is pure. All of this, listen, rapture the church, great tribulation, second coming. Pastor, what if you've told us wrong? I'm certainly not trying to tell you wrong. But the order of all of this, I believe, as best we can, and scholars that I trust and have been consistent with other things, I believe we're set up for a rapture that is pre-tribulation. Well, what if it's not? Well, what if it is? Either way, God promises to be faithful to his people. Okay? Watch what he will do. I I not only believe in a pre-tribulation rapture, look at me. I sure hope so. But here's the deal. Push back from the whole thing, and you're going to see sorrow. You're going to see birth pains. 
And they're going to get closer and closer together. And there's going to be labor. And then there's going to be the birthing of the fullness of the kingdom of God. Our redemption comes into its fullness. Joy will come. It will be everlasting joy. And that's why we look at all of this. We look at all of this and we don't be, we're not to be afraid. This should stir our hope in the greatness of our God and what Christ will do. All of this should compel us and motivate us. I'll just tell you these things real quick. To walk with God. To guard against deception. Remember Jesus said that? Don't, don't be deceived. To not let yourself be afraid. Don't be afraid. Jesus was real intentional about this in the Gospels. Whenever he talked about end times, he said, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. It's almost like you're taking a child on a, on a ride at an amusement park and they're upset. And he goes, no, no, do not be afraid. We've got the safety seat on. This has all been checked out. It's going to have some hairpin turns and all of this. But just hang on. This will be okay. Don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. But here's the other part. Labor and share this good news. Live out this good news. Maximize your life. And I'm going to be talking about this much, much more And see your vocation as a God-given calling. Where you work, listen, Christianity is not about an hour on Sunday and an hour on Wednesday and a little devotion in the morning. God has strategically distributed you everywhere that you are. Even You may not be in that job or that place forever, but you're there right now and he's there with you. And he wants you to live and shine in the dark and be salt and be light and be sugar so that people can see. They can see your vocation is part of God's plan for your life. It is your calling. You're a truck driver, you're a brain surgeon, whatever you are, whatever you are, wherever you go. Well, I'm retired. Well, good. Well, when you're golfing or you're making baskets or whatever it is that you do, I I didn't mean that wrong. Shine and maximize your life. Genesis 5, I'm going to finish with this. This is in the Amplified Bible. Watch this. When Enoch was 65 years old, Methuselah was born. Now that means a whole lot more to you, doesn't it? Enoch walked. Here's what I wanted to show you in the Amplified. Enoch walked in habitual fellowship with God. The New Living Translation says in close fellowship with God. After the birth of Methuselah, 300 years and had other sons and daughters. So all the days of Enoch were 365 years. And Enoch walked, here it is again, in habitual fellowship with God. And he was not, for God took him home with him. Personal rapture. Your rapture is coming. Our rapture is coming. And whether we die or whether we fly, something coming. But we're okay. When's that going to happen? Don't know. But here's the only response. Walk with God. Walk with God. Everybody say it. Walk with God. And let's do it like Enoch. Habitual fellowship is the pattern, the manner of your life. I'm walking with God. When you lie down at night, give it all to God. When you get up in the morning, give it all to God. Are you hearing me? Give it all to God. Get alone with God. Solitude is full of God. And let's let's just walk with God. Say it one more time. Walk with God. Did y'all get anything at all out of this tonight?